something that I think that everyone should take a chance on is if there is something that you have been wanting to do, just do it. Like if you want to start your own YouTube channel or podcast, do it. Don't let other people's going back to perceptions scare you away from doing that. Blaze and Grit is a podcast where honest and real conversations are front and center. A conversation where Fargo-Moorhead area business owners, thought leaders, advocates, and visionaries share their lessons learned and provide a fresh perspective to better inform and support you in your journey. It's about sharing the real story to inspire, lead, and encourage, all right here in my backyard of Fargo, North Dakota. It all starts with a conversation, an honest one. I'm Jesse Winnerovich, and this is Glazing Grit. I had so much fun connecting with Lakin Samus. Lakin is the operations director for You Betcha, the Midwest entertainment channel media company, taking the internet by storm with their hilarious videos, vlogs, and podcasts of what it's like living in the Midwest. What you'll hear in this episode is Lakin sharing her personal and professional pivots, who she finds her inspiration in, and how she works through her anxiety being in a very public position. We talk about what it's like working on the You Betcha team and words of advice for someone thinking about trying something new. Be sure to check out Lakin's Instagram at Lakin Operations Gal and all the awesome You Betcha merchandise for sale. Here's Lakin Samus. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. Sorry. I don't know how to turn this off. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> oh, you're all good. So I muted this conversation. We have a group chat going and Miles just asked if we <laughs> wanted donuts. And so everyone's like, yes, donuts. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so sorry, that won't happen again. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's so funny. <laughs> Miles never offers to bring us anything. So I think everyone was like, what's going on? Yes. Yeah. Like, and let's start at the beginning. You grew up in Fargo. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Yes, I was born and raised in Fargo. Um, I went to West Fargo High School. And then I feel like anyone in Fargo, really, they try to get out for a little bit. So after high school, I moved to Minneapolis. And then I got there and I was like, nope, I want to go home. Like I not. So it's like typical Fargo syndrome. So I ended up moving back. All my family lives here. So it's just, it's not that far away. But you know, being a kid fresh out of high school, like it was pretty scary. But I'm glad that I did it. Definitely like learned some things along the way. I was in property management for a very long time before you betcha. And I'm actually still a part time real estate agent. So that's something I also do along with taking care of the guys at you betcha. I am married and I have a little boy. He's two and a half. Um, my husband is currently in grad school right now for athletic training. Um, and then after this, he is going on to physical therapy. So we're very busy. <laughs> very, very busy. So yeah. tell me, what made you decide to move to Minneapolis after high school? You mentioned you wanted a different scenery from Fargo. What was it about Minneapolis that drew you there? I always had this aspiration of living somewhere in a big city where I could walk places and experience different things and different cultures. And I got there and I got to do all those things, but I was going to school at the time to be a vet tech. 
and I was working part-time at a restaurant and it's just the whole money factor. I was like, this is insane. I don't know how people do it. I'm trying to work full-time. I'm in full-time school. Mom, I need help. I want to come home. I'm scared. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was the main factor is just getting out and getting different scenery. So you were in Minneapolis for how long? Um, It was almost a year. Because I remember we signed a nine-month lease, and towards the end of the lease, it was like the winter time. I'm like, I gotta go home. It was like Christmas time, and I wasn't by my family. It just didn't feel right, and it wasn't something I was ready for. Definitely made me very homesick. And my mom was like, I want you back home too. Was that tough moving back home? And, and- I thought that it would be hard to like leave my Minneapolis friends and whatever but my mom is my world so like knowing that I got to like go back and be close to her and I have a very small family so my grandparents were here my brother was here and you know I'm around them mostly like every day I miss my mom's dinners and my grandparents stopping over and saying hi and I knew that my grandpa didn't have that long left so like that was also like a factor too in it was I just need to be around family like glad I got to experience this but life is too short you have to be around your family when you when you're called to do it for sure you moved back to Fargo and you stepped into real estate what made you decide on real estate I was in property management for four years and experiencing the things and being a part of that world I was a leasing agent and then I was a property manager and I enjoyed the leasing agent part more so than the property management part. (laughs) I enjoyed helping people find something that, you know, they were going to live in and they were comfortable with. And I'm a very personal person. So when I got to know them and be friends with them as well, like not on a property manager aspect of it, it was great. I mean, I have so many experiences with that. And then I just knew that I wanted to be in real estate and sell homes. So that's, started to spark my interest and I just wanted a tool on my belt per se for when I got into real estate. So I was a little bit more prepared than just being like thrown to the wolves with the terminology and everything behind that. So I got my real estate license a year ago. I was actually on a real estate team. So I quit my property management job and it is a grind. (laughs) When you're trying to be a full-time agent, it is hard to get your feet up and going. And being on the team, I was going to get a little more help with that than I actually did, unfortunately. So I started to look for jobs, but I knew I still wanted to be a real estate agent, but I don't think I was in it full time. It started to become not fun for me. And that was when it's something's not fun, it's hard for you to do it and do it well. So I started to look for jobs and then I stumbled upon an operations director for you betcha. And I was like, huh, what? <laughs> like, I didn't even know that this was a company necessarily. So I applied for it. And I was very honest with Miles. I was like, hey, I still have a real estate license. I want to continue practicing and I want to do this, but I am committed to getting a full-time job. And he was totally understanding of it. And we had a couple of phone calls and I met with him in person. And now I'm the operations gal for you, Betcha. <laughs> and a part-time real estate agent. Real estate is mostly on the weekends and at night. And then you Betcha is all the time. <laughs> So going back to your real estate and you're starting to look for something different, it feels like maybe operations director is a little bit different than real estate, but probably a lot of similar responsibilities and traits that you brought to the table. Yeah. Were you nervous about what is this or if I can step into this or were you like, yes, I'm, I'm going to do it? You know, I wasn't nervous just because when I worked for property management for those four years, I was managing a leasing team as well. 
I took the traits from that and the things that I've learned from that and how to manage people. And I knew that I could apply it obviously very different worlds, but the mindset is the same where it's like, okay, we have stuff to do. Like we need to get it done, quit messing around. This is how it's going to work. I wasn't nervous about it. The only thing I was nervous about is obviously there's a lot of eyeballs on the things that you do and people are going to notice that if something is messed up with having a 2 million audience. So that part is still nerve wracking. And the fact that I manage all men, <laughs> uh, that, that part is kind of nerve wracking as well, because prior to that, I was working with all females, very different worlds, let me tell you. <laughs> so that that's the other thing that I was a little bit nervous about was like, okay, I know I'm going to be the only like, girl here, like, okay, we got to make it work, like, it's going to be an adjustment, but I think I can do it. So I think it was all just like a mindset. Yes, this is going to be different. But also like my managing skills can be the same, if not better, because I might have people who are more open to listening to me. What was it that drew you to you betcha and Miles? Yeah. So Miles and I had a conversation on the phone when I first applied and right away our chemistry, we were just hitting it off immediately. I was, it was very like casual, but still business professional at the same time. And then I met with him and Ryan for like the face-to-face interview. And he's like, do you want a beer or something? I'm like, well, I, I can't turn down like a beer from the you betcha guy. Like that would be weird. That'd be like grounds for not getting the job, I feel like. And so we had a um, really good laugh and we just hit it off. So what does an everyday look like for you? So every day um, I get to work and I clean up Miles' mess. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I tidy up around our office. We, we're very small. It's five people right now in the same space. You see the warehouse behind me. This is one of our warehouses, but our main one is where like our offices are. <laughs> I am such like a clean freak. If I'm going to work, I need a clear headspace, organized everything. So I do that. And then I answer a lot of our customer service emails. So I do a lot on the merchandise side. People need help with their sizes or exchanges or returns. I take care of all those people first. Our customer service is something that I like pride myself on because have you ever ordered something online and you need to return it? And you're like, how, who do I talk to? Like, what do I do? Do I send an email? Like that kind of thing. We make it very easy on our customers. And so that's my top priority in the morning. Um, And then we do a lot of team meetings, just going over, making sure everyone's on the same schedule, making sure if the video is being edited and done who is streaming tonight, what time is the podcast being filmed, all of that kind of thing, just checking in on everyone, making sure everyone has the tools they need to get their day going. Then afternoon time is kind of the same, sending out any products that were returned, sending out the exchanges, that kind of thing. Every day is different. What is a misconception that you feel people may have about You Betcha? I think people think that we just sit around and like we're all friends and we just goof around all day. 90% of the day, our headphones are in and we don't even talk to each other because we're so focused. We have so much stuff to do. We're growing so fast and we're proud of the products that we put out, whether it be the podcast or the stream or our merchandise on my end of things. Yeah. So I, I think people think that we just sit around and goof off. Like, don't get me wrong. Like we do, like we all have like a ton of fun, but yeah, we definitely work very hard. I mean, I, I have a little one I have to go pick up, but I know that the guys are here sometimes until eight o'clock at night still working. So, I mean, they're, we're all very committed and excited to do our work. So with you betcha being a national sensation, over 1.7 million followers on Facebook alone, millions of views, likes, and shares, sometimes just on one video, 
a weekly podcast, now gaming on Twitch. What's next? (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, our merchandise is really taking off as well. Our numbers for our merchandise are just crazy. We just released our new Hunt collection and we knew it would do well, but we had like a record day and we're like, dang, we're all really happy and excited about that to grow our merchandise. And we have a couple other things like up our sleeve, but we got to move first. (laughs) So we are getting a new office. So that's very exciting. But we, we just need more room. Like we're just outgrowing. So I think when we get more room, And when we start to do the other things that we're looking forward to do, like, it's just going to be amazing. (laughs) It's going to be so great. Incredible. Yeah. I think for so many, it can be challenging building a brand on just one social media platform. And I find it shows all the hard work and the skill sets and talents that you and the team have. Can you share a piece of advice you've learned thus far in your journey of working with you, Betcha? Yeah, Miles says it all the time. Just don't overthink it and be yourself. Honestly, people can see right through if you're trying too hard to do something or fake something. Or another good piece of advice he always says is just throw all your darts at the board. Try everything and then see what sticks and go with it. And if you like it and if you feel comfortable doing it, go with it. That's really great advice. So speaking of branding, you know, when you're stepping into maybe something new, it can be a little nerve wracking putting something out there. You know, you share with me, you know, you struggle with anxiety. And I think anxiety can come into that aspect of putting yourself out there. What are your thoughts on being an organized, structured person struggling with anxiety and putting yourself out there? Yeah, so I I do suffer with from really bad anxiety. And it was before like, I had the postpartum anxiety, I had all that. But like, personally, I've always struggled with anxiety. And it wasn't until like I actually sat down and talked to my therapist about it. And like being in the job that I have, obviously you have not, I don't have a lot of eyeballs on me necessarily. And and that's fine. I have my Instagram page and like, I have fun with that. But he was talking about how anxiety stems from, you think that someone is perceiving you a certain way. Why do you care? And I'm like, I don't know, why do I care? And she's like, well, someone could be already having a bad morning. They, you know, got stuck at a red light too long and now they're late and they see your picture and they judge you for it. They're already just having a bad day. So that shouldn't matter to you. Nothing should matter to you as long as you're happy about it and you're proud of yourself. Your anxiety should just melt away knowing that I can't change someone's perception of me. And that piece of advice has like stuck with me so hard I was like you know what you're right like I've definitely had my fair share of bad days where like someone does something I'm like I just don't like them why (laughs) because I'm having a bad day like I'm perceiving my emotions and like my bad day onto them and how I view them I know that that's not right so I can only imagine that other people are doing the same thing and feeling the same way but I can't change it and I can't control it that little piece of advice has helped so much with my anxiety. <laughs> and then just when I get to work, making sure that my my workspace is clear and I'm ready to go and I do my like, you know, going to the gym helps a lot with my anxiety, like a, a ton and just making sure everything is how I want it to be set up so I can work in a free headspace and clear and keeping in mind that Some people just talk differently and communicate differently than I would like them to, especially we're working with all guys, right? Because sometimes guys aren't the best texting back right away. You're like, oh my God, did I say something that like makes them mad? No, no, no. It's just people communicate differently again. Like it'll be okay. And that's good advice. Thank you for sharing. 
Um, yeah, definitely. You know, I think it is important for people to hear, especially because in anxiety does affect one in 13 people globally and being honest with our struggles or things that we do to help manage and and, um, techniques to work through that is really, really important. So thank you for sharing. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on. Lakin, who is someone that inspires you? I know that this is pretty cliche, but my mom absolutely has been my inspiration. She raised two little kids on her own from the get-go. I mean, I have I have a two-and-a-half-year-old son, and I, like, think all the time, like, how did my mom do this plus another one all on her own? Like, absolutely crazy, right? And that just the fact that she worked so hard to, like, we never felt like we were lacking anything when she definitely, like, made a lot of sacrifices on her end being it as an adult. I can definitely see that she made sacrifices in places so her kids wouldn't have to grow up with anything. So that is my biggest motivation and my, my who I look up to the most is my mom. She's amazing. Oh. What is something you think everyone should do at least once in their life? Okay, so something that I think that everyone should take a chance on is if there is something that you have been wanting to do, just do it. Like if you want to start your own YouTube channel or podcast, do it. If it's something that you really feel like, oh gosh, like I feel like I could be really good at this, try it out and do it. Just don't let other people's going back to perceptions scare you away from doing that. I love that. That is such great advice. Do you have anything else to add? I'm really happy that you're doing this and you're speaking to women who can help other women. I think that now more than ever in our world, like we need to come together as women and become this strong force that don't take shit from anyone. (laughs) And if you're happy, like continue to be happy and do you do whatever makes you happy and don't care about what any other person says. Don't take shit from anyone. (laughs) I love it. Well, let's end our time with a little lightning round of questions. If you're cool with that. Hell yeah, let's do it. What makes you laugh no matter what? Cat videos on TikTok. (laughs) What is your must-have purse item? Purse item, probably ibuprofen. (laughs) Brownies or cookies? Oh, oh, they're both so good. Cookies. Say a word in Spanish. Baño, is that bathroom? (laughs) I think so. Texting or talking? Oh, I am a talker. I will call. If I'm driving in my car, like I have to call someone. Like, of course, like on Bluetooth. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. Climb a mountain or jump from a plane? I have crippling anxiety, so both sound awful. Climb a mountain. Sour Patch Kids or Swedish Fish? Sour Patch Kids all the way. All right, last one. Bush Light or IPA? Oh, Bush Light. You almost got me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that ended it, so you're off the hot seat. Lincoln, you have been such an inspiration through this whole conversation. Thank you. I have a thank you. Oh, I have goosebumps. That was like the best compliment ever. Awesome. I had so much fun. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening in today. If you would like to learn more about Glazing Grit and the incredible community leaders highlighted on the show, check out glazinggritpodcast.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by subscribing, rating, and sharing. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon.